0: Hello, and welcome to the RPG Academy podcast. My name is Michael, and we're here today for a special bonus episode of the show, where me and my youngest son, Jacob, talk about our recent experience at River City Con in Louisville. Jacob, welcome to the show. Hello. So Jacob's been on the show a couple times before, very recently, or very infrequently, I should say couple of our YouTube videos, we did board game reviews you were on. And then when we were getting geared up for a catacon last year, I had you and your brother on. But uh, this was a just a you and I trip to this convention. Uh, your older brother was at a comedy show with his mom for his birthday. So you and I decided to check out River City Con. Now, this is the same group of folks who put on Lexicon and C- City Con, which uh, I've been to many of those, and you've started going to... To those with me as well. Uh, so I just want to start, you know, pretty briefly talk about what it was about this convention that you particularly liked.
1: Definitely a lot smaller than other conventions, makes it easier to get around, and everything was overall very organized, there wasn't like any stress, but one of our people had to cancel, so that was a little <laughs> like, what are we going to do? Yeah,
0: so this was the first year of this convention existing. And I would say the turnout was probably around 200. It's pretty, pretty small. I mean, that's like a uh, catacomb year one numbers, but uh, again, this is the first year doing it. And to Jacob's point, it was very well organized. It was well ran. Uh, and again, someone who runs a catacomb, uh, having a small convention is not a negative in any sense, but this is definitely probably the smallest convention that we've ever gone to. So we drove up Friday after school, after work. So we had one event on Friday, two and a half on Saturday, and then two on Sunday, though we ended up leaving early. The weather was an issue. So our first event, Friday night, was a game of the, the Alien RPG. This is put out by our friends over at Free League, and our GM was actually Mr. Dragonbane himself, who uh, ran our Dragon Bane game a while back and then was on the show recently on detention, uh, Jonathan. So. To be clear, J- Jacob, you've never watched the Alien movie, though through cultural osmosis, you know a little bit about it. Yeah. Uh, so talk about your experience with the Alien RPG.
1: I thought it was really, really fun. It was more of a mystery, more solving stuff than kicking down doors. Everyone did die, though.
0: <laughs> Technically, some of us survived, but by the epilogue, we were dead anyways. So there's one thing I noticed about about that game with you, and this is not negative, but just like some thoughts I had, is like I tried to kind of give you the heads up going in that this is a game where it, this isn't necessarily about killing everything. You know, it's a horror story. We're probably going to die. And then you ended up choosing the medic character, but you still wanted to shoot things. Uh, you were more concerned with killing things than saving things.
1: Well, I was I worried I, I would for my life. <laughs> like... I, I don't know if it's going to get up. I haven't seen in movies. I don't know if bodies move around.
0: Okay, fair. And again, again, it wasn't a criticism. It's just something I had noticed about uh, the way that game played out. Uh, the other thing that happened is that we were supposed to have five players and two didn't show up. So it was just the three of us, me, you, and then one other gentleman named Brandon, who uh, was actually rocking his Akatakon dice bag, which I thought was hilarious. So we chatted a little bit about Akatacon. He He's a, a regular Akatakon attendee, which made me smile. But what did you think about the mechanics? Because like you've played quite a lot of D&D, you've played quite a lot of Dunge- or uh, Pathfinder, sorry, um, which is, you know, D20, high numbers are better, you have your classes. So what did you think about playing a game like Alien, which is skill-based, you roll a number of D6s, you're only looking for sixes, and then you also had the stress mechanic where the, the Alien game adds stress dice, which make it easier to succeed, but more likely that things would go wrong. Um, so just any thoughts about how that dice mechanic works? Do you like it better, worse, different, the same than what you're experienced with?
1: It's kind of like the opposite of Dragonbane dice since the lower, the better, and you only roll one. But you, low, you, <laughs> you roll multiple dice in this one, higher numbers are better. So it's basically the complete opposite of the Dragonbane system, which I thought it was clever to come up with because, like, who would have thought? <laughs> oh my, D6s! Have I a higher chance to over the people?
0: But when it comes to, like, I'm going to do a thing, did you find rolling D6s as satisfying as rolling a D20, or did it not even, like, did, that's not something you thought about?
1: I do like rolling the D20 better, a lot simpler than the strong multiple.
0: Okay. So I thought the, uh, you know, I think um, Mr. Dragonbane does a great job running games. I thought it was a lot of fun. I actually like playing with three three characters, I've said many times, I think three, assuming three players is like the right number for those types of games, because it's small enough that everyone has plenty of time to shine, but it's not so small that you don't have some interaction. So I thought the player count was great. And then did we play Blood on the Clock Tower Friday also? Did we sneak into a game or no? no I don't. Because that was other than the RPGs, that was the biggest thing that we did. We played a couple games of board games. I'll talk about that in a minute. But Blood on the Clock Tower was probably what we, I think we ended up playing, you ended up playing four times. I played two or maybe three, because there was one where I let you play and I rented the store. And you've said before, Blood on the Clock Tower is one of your favorite games. You really, really enjoy it. Uh, you played it at Catacomb. I bought it so that we would have it for the home. So just talk a little bit about what it is about Blood on the Clock Tower you like so much.
1: Blood on the Clock Tower is, I'm assuming a lot of people said about Mafia Werewolf. It's basically that, but everyone gets a special role, which is what I like, and when you die, you can still interact, you don't have to stay silent, you can still help, and you still get- you can still vote. You also, instead of just, like, sitting down and talking, you can, like, stand up, talk to people privately, which I like, because, like, if you- playing Werewolf or Mafia, if you want to say something, you have to say it to everyone, and that's not necessarily what you want to do, so- you have a lot more options than this
0: one. So, you know, I've played Werewolf. I think it's fine. Um, I've played the, the Enter the Ninja, I think it's what it's called. The one, um, is it Brotherwise that puts that out? We played it at the faculty retreats. It's a lot of fun. Uh, Donner Party is a lot of fun. But uh, I do think Blood on the Clock Tower is probably borderline too complex because I actually have a hard time figuring out what I should be doing a lot of times when I play it. But I do really enjoy the fact that even when you die, you still get to contribute and play. There are actually some strategies where, depending on what character you you are given when you go through the character choice process, where dying early helps you, where you can say, hey, you can kill me now because actually I can continue and it might actually be better. Or the the information I get from my, my character has already come out, so I'm kind of like a, a free kill. Uh, so it's kind of a, it's just an interesting thought process the thing that that continues to confuse me is i am still in the mindset of the way you win is to keep the good guys alive and kill the bad guys but blood on the clock tower because of the way the characters interact that's it's not necessarily the the correct way to play is like okay well i know you know jacob's a good good character we can still kill him knowing he's good and that is effective and good strategy and i don't quite understand that yet where I kept thinking, well, if we know they're good, why would we kill them? We know they're good. Why would we kill them? And I guess people who knew the game better understood that. Uh, so the times that we played, I always assumed Jacob is full of crap. I mean, just I, I've, I've lived with him his whole life. I know I know how he is. And then the last game we played together, I'm like, okay, I'm just going to assume he's good. I'm going to trust him off the bat because that will give me one ally that I can use, I can work with, and maybe I will be more effective at the game. So, what happened that last game, Jacob?
1: I was evil. (laughs) Was
0: uh... Clarify, your character in the game was evil. You yourself were evil. Yeah,
1: but... Well... That's a debate. Yeah. Yeah, I I was an evil character. I was trying to keep you around, because if I killed you, everyone would know it's me. And also, for your earlier question, why we voted off, like, good people, one of the reasons was there was a demon, like... For the people who don't know Blood and Clock Tower, there's, like, different ways you can play it. There's different roles you can put in each one. And in this, like, script, there was a demon called the Voitox, and if you didn't kill someone, they you just lost. Hmm. So that, until we could confirm there wasn't a Voitox, we had to take the chance of killing
0: So it's kind of a fail-safe that um, if you just didn't kill anybody, you automatically lost. It's so. If there was a four in place. Again, I don't, I'm not smart enough to figure out this game, but well, apparently, but Jacob, you had a great time playing that game. And one of the ladies that was sort of organizing that room is trying to set up or has set up like a kid friendly discord where people can play together. She said that there's, uh, I think one person as young as eight, but most of them are preteens to young teenagers. And we're going to try to get you set up in that. I got, they got our email, but I haven't heard from them yet. But we're looking to try to get you started so that you can play that regularly with, uh, with them because you enjoy that game a lot. And I think that would be great. So the other RPG that we played on Saturday uh, was Call of Cthulhu. And this is a game system I, I've had a history with. I know I've mentioned on the show many times before. I like a lot of elements of it. And in fact, the, the next campaign I'm supposed to run, which has now been going on quite a year before it's even started. So who knows if it's going to happen? was going to be used in a non-Cthulhu version of that system, the basic RPG system. But it is very much investigative, investigative, investigative. And again, we, we've established, you like to kick down doors and, and shoot things. So what was your experience with Call of Cthulhu like?
1: Well, for first off, during the first half of the game, I don't think I made one successful roll. So that was uh, one thing. It was definitely a good break from just, just killing people, but... I probably would prefer the, like, 5th edition Pathfinder.
0: So that is one thing I've, I've kind of noticed about convention games in general. And I don't, And again, the person who ran the game I thought did a really good job. It was a scenario they have written and, um, you know, they're, they are entrenched in that Call of Cthulhu, you know, community. But I think when you have a, a game like a convention game, I think you should set the characters up for success early if you're going to have them roll at all make them super easy to be successful so that you do get some success under your belt and some sense of accomplishment. And then as the game goes on, you can make things harder and harder and harder. But I could tell that you were starting to get a little frustrated because everything you tried to do, either we as a table would be like, well, I don't know that's the right thing to do because again, you're new to Call Cthulhu and you were doing some things that were not really Call Cthulhu-ish. Or when you did try to do things, you weren't successful. So I kept trying to bring your character into what I was doing to make sure that you weren't, you know, getting bored or getting left behind. They also kind of show you how that works. But just in general, I think that's a good idea that when you're running uh, convention games, try to let the, if you're going to have the players roll dice early, which I also think you should do, let them succeed most of the time. I mean, you can't guarantee things, but like make the checks really low, make, a, you know, make them easy to succeed so that people get that feeling of accomplishment. And then you can slowly make things a little bit more difficult. So, again, in between these RPGs, we played Blood on the Clock Tower. We tried to do one play-to-win game, but it was so complicated. After about 15 minutes, we are like, okay, this isn't for us. Uh, We played uh, some Batman Love Letter, which is one of our favorite little quick games. And then we also played Abduction. That's D-U-C-K, and it's a game about aliens abducting ducks. Uh, This was one of their, like, games that they were teaching uh, in the game library room. Uh, So any thoughts about Abduction?
1: It was very simple. I liked it. Very fun. Very simple. Good, bike. if you just have, like, three friends over, a good way to pass the time. And I really liked it. Also, you kind of blew me up in Call of Cthulhu.
0: I blew up everyone in Call of Cthulhu because there's yet to be a problem that can't be solved with the effective uh, application of uh, explosives. And that's what I did. Uh, three sticks of dynamite, problem solved. Uh, and by weird happenstance, I survived. I expected to die when I did that, but I actually survived. Okay. Then we were supposed to play in a 4E Dungeons and Dragons game. I was actually pretty excited about getting a chance to play 4E with you. And unfortunately, that GM, that's the one you mentioned earlier, wasn't able to make it. Uh, There was some miscommunication and the event didn't get canceled in the system. So we were there. Uh, but, But as often happens at these types of conventions, one of the other people were like, hey, I can run a game. So rather than doing nothing for that time block, we got to play in what I assume is some homebrew game that this gentleman is, is is designing. It is so based on 5e. I can't imagine at this point that this is a game that he's like going to take to Kickstarter or something. I think this is just something he does for fun. But it's supposed to be based off, if you've seen the new D&D movie that came out last year, there's a big set piece near the end where they're in like a gladiatorial arena fighting monsters and like, you know, pits are opening up and flames are shooting out and columns and this kind of thing. And it's basically that where this gentleman, I don't remember his name, I'm sorry, had all the D&D 5e monster cards, and he had them grouped in challenge levels, so you had like half a challenge level, level 1, level 2, level 3, level 4, and level 5. We had a grid map that was literally a grid. It was like 1 through 20 on an x-axis and 1 through 20 on a y-axis. You rolled 2d20, and then that's where you appeared on the board, and then every so often, I think the game ran for like an hour, like every 20 minutes, something would happen in the arena, like fire would shoot up in certain places, uh, columns would appear, a barriers, lightning bolts, that kind of thing. And he handled all that, so I don't exactly know how it worked behind the scenes, but it's just something he would say, hey, time out, I get to go, and then this would happen. But what would happen for us as players is he would give us two cards to start the game that were both half a challenge level monster, and we picked one, gave the other one back, and then we played that monster. So we were playing gelatinous cubes and specters and banshees and troglodytes. And I think one time I was a, a specter, which is a version of like a beholder. Uh, we were like hobgoblin bosses. And if you killed another player's monster, you kept their card as like a trophy. And that's how you counted up, you know, what the experience point value was. But when you died, you got to go to a higher level. So you start with half level characters and then you get first level monsters and second level all the way up to fifth level monsters. So there was some strategy behind, you know, when you attacked other people, because if someone just got, you know, their brand new second level character, the only or monster, the only second level monster in the game, they have a ton more hit points. So do we gang up on them or do we wait for them to take someone else out and we try to steal the kill, that kind of thing. So what did you think about playing that game, Jacob?
1: For a game that was homemade, I thought it was a pretty good one. Something that someone just decided to invent, I thought it was relevant. very fun. I finally got a kick down the door. Here.
0: <laughs> yeah, you finally got to fulfill your fantasy of just fighting things. Uh, but what is it like playing with monsters?
1: Someone who's ran like three D&D <laughs> games in my life, very different from being an actual player, definitely. I thought it was cool seeing from, like, how the monsters ran, how the, like, what they could do, and seeing how much you've held back on, like, how much you could have just one-shot us.
0: Yeah, I think that's my overall opinion about this this a thing that he put together is, it was, a, it was a lot of fun. It was actually a lot more fun than I expected. When they first, when he was first kind of rolling out what was going on in my head, I'm like, oh, this is going to be awful. But it turned out to be a lot of fun, so I'm really glad we did it, and... I think the biggest benefit is it would actually help me or help you as a player learn how the monsters work so that it makes you a better DM when it comes to combat because you've, you're you actually trying like, okay, how can I kill you with this monster? What are its abilities? How does it combo? What is the most effective way to use it? And so as, a, as someone who's still new to running games, it probably was very new to like, oh, I didn't know this was an ability this thing had or I didn't know this was ability anything had. Uh, so from a, like a DM training, I think it was a pretty cool experience. As an actual game, I think it's too swingy because there were some choices like when you got your two random cards for what monster you would be. There were some that were just ridiculously better than others uh you know sometimes we played monsters that were like immune to all but non magical or magical damage and not everybody had magical damage uh we had some that were like you know had movement rates like 90 and they could just fly around the board and no one could see them so i definitely think that that made it uh unfair in some ways the but again i think it's supposed to bounce out because okay yeah i kill everyone on the board but then they all get new better characters and maybe they pick somebody that that affects me but that would be my one true criticism if this is something that were to become more often than we did is you need to do a better job of picking which options you had so that they were not trap options as well as just op options
1: yeah but i have two that i thought were like pretty op for their level number one your banshee that you played like, you just one-shot me.
0: Yeah, I had a I had a the whale thing where everyone had to roll a, a saving throw or just die, and two of the three opponents died instantly.
1: And the other one I played, it was actually for, it was half a level, and I got three attacks.
0: Yeah, you were like a three-handed modron, and you could throw three javelins every turn. It was a little bit much.
1: Yeah, so I got, like, all the early kills, and I think I even killed, like, two level one characters. And then you went on to be the Banshee, kill like two level three characters, and then...
0: Yeah, for the record, I won both times that we played. <laughs> oh, that's right. You won the the practice round, and then I won the real round. But then I gave you the prize. Actually, we gave it to John.
1: Yeah, don't try and steal that away. That's the one win I did get.
0: I stole your kills, and I stole your glory. Ha <laughs> ha. And then on Saturday, we played one more game of blood on the clock tower. This is the one where Jacob was evil, and I didn't realize it. And then we didn't stay around for our last game. And I'm I'm still kind of torn because I really wanted to play that game. It was a Monster of the Week game, uh, which is one of my favorite flavors of Power by the Apocalypse. I don't particularly care for that system a lot, but that's one version that I do enjoy. I love shows like Supernatural and Buffy the Vampire Slayer and then just, you know, Scooby-Doo as a, as a concept. Uh, so I was really excited about that one, but the weather had gotten ridiculously cold. Um, and it was just... You know, three days at a convention, we were tired and we were kind of hungry. So we ended up, and we also had an hour and a half break. That was the other thing is that we had nothing to do for an hour and a half. We would have had to just like wait around. So, I mean, we could have eaten or played board games, but it was just, it seemed like the right call.
1: Probably could have like scooted into another blonde Clock Tower game and been a traveler. I don't know if you saw the traveler. I don't know how that basically you get a roll and as soon as you leave your character just magically dies so you can still play oh we,
0: and I, they were trying to set one up but then I, I don't know just that just didn't appeal to me i guess i wasn't quite understanding because they probably were trying to tell me to do that i just didn't get it uh but anyways we ended up cutting it early came home on sunday we did hit the vendor booth i talked to a couple of vendors i got some business cards for possible Catacon vendors uh you ended up buying a it's like a purple and reddish uh dice tower drink holder combo it kind of looks like a big uh stein that you would drink from
1: you said like you could fit like a tube of dice in there i just put like container of the tube and just put it in there yeah so
0: it's got a center place that it kind of looks like it would be (laughs) like for a drink it's a, a can wouldn't fit but i think a bottle would but i don't know how that would work but i think it's supposed to be like a dice holder uh but it also is like a little dice tower it was cool and it was actually relatively cheap for what I, I mean, it was a 3D printed thing, but looking at some of the others around, I, I thought it was be like 50, 60 bucks. I think it was 35. I think it was 35, but uh, either way, it was very reasonable for what it was. Um, and it's kind of a tradition. Anytime we go to a con together, you get something. And then we, uh, we ended up giving John the set of dice that I won from playing that monster game. So we didn't buy him anything, but he still got something. So it was a win, 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 win. All right. So final thoughts on river city con and just anything in general, because you're now a con-goer. You've been to, like, four cons, I think. We're going to go to um, Lexicon this year, Sun City Con, and obviously Catacon. You're still not going to Gen Con with me. Uh, but any thoughts about, like, how you would want to plan out future conventions? Any advice for any other preteen boys or girls out there that are wanting to go to cons? What would you say to them?
1: If you go to cons, instead of going to, like, all of the, like... What we did Alien called the Hulu. Hulu. Start with fifth edition. It's the simple I think it's the simplest one to do. Very easy. Also, try Blood on the Clock Tower. Favorite game. When I think it's the best thing ever created.
0: All right, fantastic. Well, Jacob, as always, you're my youngest son and I tolerate
1: you. I tolerate you too. Okay.
0: I love you, buddy. Thank you so much for going to cons with me. I love spending time with you. I absolutely love playing games. Uh, with my family. It's one of my favorite things in the world to do, and I'm truly, truly blessed that I have raised boys that want to play games with me, and forever along that lasts, I'm going to enjoy it. So for anyone listening, love to see you at some of the conventions I'm going to be at if you want to meet up with me. I'm definitely going to be running things at Gen Con, uh, probably my seminar, and probably a Dread game, and then of course at Catacon. It's never too too early to be thinking about a catacon, we did set our dates. I believe it's already been announced, but not just in case you've not heard it. November 8th, 9th, and 10th in Dayton, Ohio will be a catacon this year. And I believe, Jacob, you said you're going to try to run your first D&D game at a con there, right?
1: Yeah. I've been thinking up ideas. We still have a lot of time, but I've been thinking of some things, things I could run for. It. Also, I destroyed you in Risk. <laughs>
0: Yes, uh, Jacob decided he wanted to play Risk. Uh, it's a game I hate, but I, I went and bought a copy because we don't own a copy of Risk. And came home, played it as a family, and it was an absolute blood, blood, bloodbath. Jacob, I don't think, missed a roll. He got really, I want to say lucky on his initial card, like where he placed his armies. And it, it was never even close. Like, it was never in doubt who was going to win that game, which is one reason why I hate it. But he loved it. So I'm glad we got to play for that reason.
1: I think you just have a major skill issue.
0: (laughs) Yeah, apparently I don't know how to roll D6s. Well, thank you again for being here with me today, Jacob. I love you, buddy. Uh, For anyone listening, thank you for hanging out with us. Again, I hope I'll see you at conventions in the future. You can email the show, therpgacademy at gmail.com, and hopefully we will see you soon. And remember, if you're having fun, you're doing it right. Thanks, and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye.